Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, Christian Clemente here, joined by Jason Caldwell. Philip Duke should be with us here shortly, um, as we've got... A really, really loaded recruiting podcast with a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, Jason, we saw the transfer portal madness already get started on Monday. Um, you know, the portal doesn't technically open up until December 4th. I believe that's next Monday. Um, but a week ahead, graduate transfers are able to get in along with um, kids from the FCS level or, you know, if a head coach leaves the school, they're also able to uh, – depart early so we saw Auburn extend some offers to a couple offensive linemen yesterday also saw a commitment um, that popped up pretty quickly after visiting for the weekend Um, we've seen Auburn have a couple of reserve linemen enter the portal as well and obviously there's a lot of other recruiting news as well so we're here to break it all down there's a bunch of questions already in the chat we're going to try and get to everyone that asks a question in the chat Um, that's the whole goal of going through these live shows is let y'all kind of dictate what we're talking about um, and answer y'all's questions. Before we get into that, if you're watching this live and you're not a member of AuburnUndercover.com, you have about two hours, two and a half hours or so to take advantage of the uh, the best deal of the year that we're running right now. 75% off an annual sub gets you all the way until should get you through uh, football season next year. Oh, there's Dukes. What up, Dukes? What up? <laughs> but yeah, make sure make sure to join us at uh, 75% off um, and you can get everything that we're already talking about on this podcast over at Auburn Undercover. So without further ado, Jason, I think uh, I think where we should probably start. Dukes, there's a little bit of a uh, like, there we go. Got it. Um, Jason, I think we should probably start with uh, Kalen Edwards, the 2025 yeah. defensive line commit. That's the most uh, probably the biggest technical news, I guess you could say. Um, Auburn picking up the four-star defensive lineman from Tennessee, visited for the Georgia game, visited for the Alabama game. Saw him there on the sidelines before the game. He's absolutely massive. Um, Talked to someone at Auburn on Sunday. They said they really, really liked him. And on Monday, he joined the commitment list for 2025. Yeah. um, The first thing you look at is is Jeremy Garrett's a grown man. Uh, And that's 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 the coach on the right and the junior in high school on the left. That gives you an idea of his size. Um, big physical body inside. And 
man, you just look at it, you know, kind of what he brings to the table. And he's kind of one of those guys that, that can be a space eater at times, but I, I gave him a little bit of an Angelo Blackson comparison uh, yesterday. When you look at him, the guy that you look and you go, you see the athleticism hands are there, but obviously still just a junior in high school. So a lot of physical power and I think power, lower body power still to come because uh, guys like that can, they can do what they want to because they're big. Um, I think that's still to come for this guy. But you look at it now thinking about him and Malik Autry, who's a massive human being already as a junior in high school at Opelika, who's committed. Jordan Crawford, who we'll get to see this week, is, is you know, 6'2", 305, and can get up a field and, and, and is already a guy that, that is built like a fullback, but he weighs 300 pounds. I mean, he, he is rock solid. Um, that's a really good start to a 2025 defensive line class. And then you think about um, what you have in Ja'Kayla Falk as potentially an edge guy or jack linebacker in this system already, too, in 2025. And it's a really, really good group to to build around so far. Yeah, Jason, we were talking about it with someone. You know, the 2024 class, kind of tough timing for Auburn staff. And, you know, the 2023 cycle was pretty loaded in terms of defensive line talent, the, the Quay Russas, the James Smith, Peter Woods, TJ Parker, all those guys. And, you know, this staff arrives right at the end of that cycle and the 2024 cycles a little down um, compared to that and compared to 2025. And Auburn's kind of hoping to load up in 2025. And you're already seeing that now with Autry and Edwards and uh, Jordan Crawford, like you mentioned. Hit another question from the chat. Of course, this is going to be one of the very first questions. Figured it was coming. Dukes, can someone tell me that uh, – <clears throat> That Auburn will get Cam Coleman. Obviously, the news today of Damian Craig not being retained on Texas A&M staff um, under Mike Elko is pretty significant. There, as Auburn continues to really, really, really make a push for the five-star wide receiver out of um, Central. Yeah, I, I I got a really good source that feels really, 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 really good um, about Cam Coleman. I was going to talk about that a little bit in. Uh, I got a Duke scoop. Uh, Don't tip too much then. We're going to have a Duke scoops at Auburn Undercover. Okay. but <laughs> Okay. Yeah, uh, I can't tell you that he's coming, but I can say there are some very uh, in-the-know people who would be very surprised if he doesn't. There you go. Yeah, this is uh, – I mean, Jason, we saw it today with uh, Auburn extending a preferred walk-on offer to Dylan Gentry, who's a slot receiver out of uh, Central. Close friends with Cam the past two weekends when Cam has visited – um, Dylan Gentry has been there as well. Um, and so Auburn extended a PWO to him, kind of the way I put it on the board, sweeten the pot a little bit and get a get a guy that they like as a you know contributor and practice kind of as well in, in Gentry. Yeah, could and could be a I mean it could be a Will Hastings guy down the road. I mean, he could be a guy that that gives you some depth in the slot, do some things. He's quick and uh you know he's had some knee injuries, I think, in the past, but he's had a really good season and so yeah, it, it surely it doesn't hurt because those are guys you need anyway. And to do that and, you know, bring in a guy with Cam Coleman, it, you know, if that's what happens would be huge. But I agree with you because it feels like it's trending more and more towards Auburn for Cam Coleman and, um, you know, pretty good position to be in when you look at it. And, you know, a guy that's made, what what was it, four visits in about a span of about nine or ten days at Auburn um, to do that and – to uh to spend a bunch of time with guys, um, you know, is obviously doesn't hurt Auburn's chances. 
Yeah, one guy that was in on an official visit this weekend, um, the Tyler Justice from the chat wanted to talk about. Jason, I'm going to go back to you with this one because you talked with him. Um, Roger Saliapaga, the tight end from Orem, Utah. Orem, Orem, Utah. Um, You talked with him. He's going to have a decision in just a couple of days on Friday, um, and you're able to get kind of a a feel for what what he was thinking and how Auburn kind of felt as well in this recruitment. Yeah, um, I think going into it, he didn't tell me this. He called me, I think, 1030 Sunday night. So when he got back to, to Utah after a long travel day, lots of Thanksgiving traffic to deal with, it, it it felt like that he probably came but not thinking Auburn was really going to be in the picture. It felt like, you know, probably Oregon was going to be the team to beat coming in. But I think Auburn at least gave him something to think about um, with his visit. The question is, is, is what does it look like for Auburn at the tight end position? Because a lot of that may depend on what happens with Luke Deal and Brandon Frazier. I think Rivaldo Fairweather will be back. I don't know that Tyler Fromm is, but you have, you know, you know, Michael Riley that's that's already there as well. If you were to bring back, you know, Michael Riley and Rivaldo Fairweather and Luke Deal and Brandon Frazier, then you might not have a spot for a guy like this right now. So it, a lot of that may, you know, I think they're probably trying to figure work out through some of those things, as Hugh Freeze told us on Monday, the next three or four days for them would be spent figuring out what this roster was going to look like. And as Christian, as you hinted a little bit, we've already seen some guys that that have said, hey, I'm going to be going in the portal or guys, I'm going in the portal. I think he was pretty honest. He said, look, there's some guys that we'll, we'll have to tell that, hey, we, we probably don't see you fitting in to, to what we want to do from a plan standpoint. So lots of juggling going on right now with the roster, but this guy they really like, um, but it may have been on a numbers game for Auburn right now because uh, there may be positions of need that are in greater need, um, you know, at certain spots around the field. Well, you know, we, we just talked about it. We just talked about it at receiver. You know, Auburn got three, and for a little bit there it felt like you know, roll with three and maybe add one more. But if you're Auburn and you feel like you can get Cam Coleman – and you feel like Ryan Williams is going to reclassify, and you feel like you've got a chance there as well. You take every one of them. Yeah. You say, you, hey, hey, guys, all all guys, come on in, and, and we'll, we'll take every one of you. Let's go. Yeah, so then you maybe sacrifice the tight end spot because you feel like you've got good numbers there for next season. Or you know, we were talking about it on the message board, I think, yesterday. Maybe you sacrifice a running back because you just don't feel like you need to take one because you feel like everybody's going to be back. So Yeah, that's it. Yes, you're the same situation, Jarquez Hunter. If you go, hey, you feel, Jarquez feel good about him coming back. Demario Austin coming back. Obviously, Brian Batiste already transferred. You got Jeremiah Cobb. You got Sean Jackson. You go, hey, if, if that entire room says, hey, let's run it back, then you've got places that are a bigger need at, than running back at the moment. Yes, and you feel pretty good about this guy, Alvin Henderson, in 2025 as well. Um, question from Steve Martin. How do you feel about Cohen Eccles, um, Dukes? This is another Texas A&M commit. He was in um, – I don't know how long he ended up making it in. I don't know if it was a full weekend trip or not, um, but saw him on Saturday. This has been one of Auburn's top offensive line targets really throughout the whole process. Um, he is a Texas A&M legacy. I don't believe his dad played football there, but he went to Texas A&M. He's from that area. Um, so, obviously, there's staff overhaul at A&M. I think it was revealed earlier tonight, just an hour or two ago, that the offensive line coach would not be retained. But – more so than Cam Coleman, this felt like this was going to be less affected by the coaching change at AM, if that makes sense. It was going to be more so what can Auburn do to put the Tigers over the top. Um, and this visit this past weekend was really kind of 
one of the last chances for the staff to try and make a splash. Yeah, I feel like uh, <clears throat> the staff feels like they did a pretty good job uh, with this visit. I think that uh, they also know they're up against, uh, you know, the distance, uh, you know, the territories from uh, also mm-hmm. that he didn't, he wasn't like to, to your point, you get some guys who are more so the uh, I'm committing to a coach. He felt like it, it feels like Eccles was more committed to that school. So uh, I, I think that he would be a priority for uh, Mike Elko, especially with what they want to do on offense. So if I had to do a percentage chance for me personally, in my opinion, I would say maybe a 30 to 40 percent. If at best right now, I think there is some uphill ground for Auburn to make up. But I also don't feel like Auburn is out of it. And I say this all the time. But Hugh Freeze is probably one of the scariest guys for opposing coaches around closing time, especially at a position of need. So I wouldn't count it out. And I would say for my, I think maybe about a 30 to 35% chance. Yeah. Um, pictured with Walker White. Walker spent a ton of time with him. Walker was bouncing around to all the uh, commits. Funny story. I put it in our game day recruiting notebook. I was talking to Walker. Think about making the state title game. Um, him and his team will play for the state title in Arkansas on Friday night. Um, right as Cohen Eccles walked past to my left. Um, and, you know, Walker says, hold on one second and sprints after Cohen. Cohen Eccles, he's, he's yelling at him, trying to go catch up with him. That that was what Walker was doing all day. He was running around trying to talk with guys, everybody that he possibly could. He was hugging people on staff that I had never even seen in Auburn before. He, he knows everybody now. I just thought that was kind of funny. But <laughs> here's a question from Corey. We already answered the first one about Damian Craig and Camp Coleman being there. It's it's a huge boost for Auburn with Damian Craig no longer being there. Um, and then the second part, how much of a pipe dream is Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, if he were to go into the transfer portal? Yeah. I, if it were to happen, I don't think it would be a big pipe dream. Um, kids from Fairhope um, came to Auburn basketball camps. So that's, the, that's the first place I saw him. I saw him at, at basketball camp at Auburn two summers in a row. The question I have is, is, is what he do it? I, I'm just not certain that he's going to be a portal guy, even with a coaching change. He could be because it's, it's enticing, but he's also a kid that is probably fairly close to getting his degree from Duke and being able to do something and, and is going to be a draft choice there coming back off an injury. So I'm, I've just haven't been convinced that he's a guy that's going to go in there, but if he does, I think it could be somebody that goes after, but I'll tell you this. I'm firmly 100% convinced that Auburn believes they can win with Peyton Thorne. I, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Now, do they think he's a Heisman Trophy winner? Probably not, but you don't have to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, they feel like they get better players around him and they can continue to improve that that's a guy they can win with. And so um, the question is going to be what happens at quarterback? And that might open the door for a potential portal guy because I think all of us can probably agree that it would be a surprise if Robbie Ashford is is at quarterback for Auburn next year. Now, he might still be on the roster, but if he is, it's probably going to be, hey, you're going to have to make a move and, and see if you could be X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. Um, but the key is going to be probably Holden Garner. If Holden Garner returns and all indications are that he's really been happy and he's going to have a shot and he continues to develop, I think Hugh Freeze felt like to me Monday – that a lot of the things he was saying were directed that Holden, even though he didn't say his name, going, look, continue to develop and and you're going to be a good football player. We feel like 
So you get Hank Brown coming in and you got Walker White coming in. You would have four quarterbacks coming in. But if if Holden were to to bolt and say, hey, I want to go somewhere else, then you absolutely would have to go get another experienced guy, in my opinion. So that might dictate what happens in terms of a portal quarterback. Shout out to Ferg. He's in the chat. Jason, one of our road trip buddies, we've tagged along with him, and he's tagged along with us for different uh, <laughs> different trips throughout the year. That's one of our guys on the Auburn beat. Ferg is uh, getting getting some rest. Well, getting used to the time for uh, late basketball tomorrow night because it's going to be a late tip-off for the time. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Here's one from Samuel. Is there real smoke about D.C. as in Damian Craig coming back to the Plains? I mean, there would have to be an opening on staff, which – Technically, I guess there is with Weston McGriff moving into an off-the-field role, but I, I don't know how he would really fit in with this group. Yeah, I, did, I don't know. Um, the, the thing you have is you have analyst roles and you have all these things going on, and I I, I would never say never, but it, it doesn't feel like it at this moment. But, hey, who knows? Um, I guess it's a possibility. I will take this question from Kyle. Thoughts on TJ Lindsay? Lots of talk about Texas pushing for a flip. Um, I talked with TJ after the game. Texas is indeed still pushing and trying to work for a flip, and he said he might go out there for the Big 12 championship game this weekend, um, but that was not fully confirmed. You know, He said he had talked with Auburn well before about that um, and that it was not really a concern from Auburn's side. They were kind of telling him, you know, you only get to enjoy this process once, um, and we trust you to go out there and have a good time but still be committed to Auburn. And he chose Auburn over Texas really the first time, so there's not a whole lot of concern there. I think – obviously it's one to monitor and that's why you're asking the question, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a huge concern down the line. Now, if he makes it this weekend and if the visit goes really, really well, maybe it is worth keeping an eye on more so, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Um, Jason, this is another one that we can hit super quick because we saw him play a couple weeks ago. Is Auburn planning on signing any kicking specialists, specifically Towns Magoo, um, the Auburn high kicker who is really, really, really good. Uh, if if they are, it'd be him because um, he is about as good as it gets. And, and obviously Alex McPherson is really good. And I, I think it's closer mm-hmm. than to happening than people might believe. Alex McPherson, he's just in his second year, but he's he's a guy that could be a three-and-done kicker. And it doesn't happen very often, but with the connections with his brother in the NFL, with Evan McPherson kicking for the Bengals, with his accuracy and the things we've seen, I mean, you know, Knock on wood, which would be my right here. I mean, that guy had missed a kick since he's been at Auburn. Um, that's what you are as a kicker, and he's got the leg strength, and he's just continuing to to mature right now. I mean, he he, he still looks he might he might be up to fourteen or fifteen right now, but he still doesn't look like he's a college kicker. Um, you might have that door where you say, "Hey, look, come in, redshirt for a year, then you're our guy," or come in and be our kickoff specialist in year number one, and you're our guy. I'm, I would not be shocked at all to see Auburn go, especially maybe here toward the end, say, look, we got a spot, Towns. We're going to give you a scholarship. Come on. Because he has as strong a leg as I can remember. And we've seen – I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to Wes Byram, Cody Parkey, Daniel Carlson, Anders Carlson, McPherson. There have been some guys that can bomb it. And, and you know, Christian, we saw Towns McGee, McGee 56 yards, Dukes, and he kicked it probably 20 – five or 30 feet up the net mm. you know, about 10 to 12 feet behind the goalpost. It, it absolutely, and he doesn't use the tee in high school. So he kicks it off the ground. It was easily good from 68 to 70 yards in my opinion. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. So 
I think it I think it's right there and and could be a possibility. I personally, you know, I don't I don't handle those decisions, but I think it would be a mistake if Auburn let him get away. I think you have to do what it takes to get, you know, college kickers. It's the cliche. You could have a really good college kicker that you can trust, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, let's see. Any chance Falk reclassifies to the 2024 class? No, I haven't heard that at all. Don't think that's happening. Um here you go, Dukes. Here's a good one. Subscribe for Dukes of Scoops, but here's the Duke sample. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got we got scoops coming up tonight. I got some good ones. Here's a question. What are your thoughts on the quarterbacks that have already entered the portal? Nothing against Peyton Thorne, but I think Max Johnson is really appealing for a quarterback competition. I think Max Johnson has already been linked to North Carolina. Um, but we have seen some quarterbacks. We've seen Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, who took a big step backwards this year um, under Mario Cristobal. We've seen some names, uh, Will Rogers as well, but nothing that really, really stands out to you, I guess. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'll go back to my original thought. I think it all depends on, on where you are um, because I think they feel like holding a gardener is the guy that's their competition guy um, in the spring. And you go, Hey, here's your shot. This, this bowl practice time, you know, I think they obviously been pointing towards trying to get him on the field some and just had, wasn't able to do it toward the end, of the end of the year. I think no matter what, we would see Holden McGarner in a bowl game at some point uh, to kind of give him some run and see what happens. But, um, again, if he decides, hey, I'm going to go take a look somewhere else, then I think absolutely then it opens the door for a lot of those names to be possibilities then. We'll hit this question. Um, Tumors Corner and Kyle were asking um, both about K.J. Bolden. Any chance of flipping K.J. Bolden, Zaquan Patterson, or Jeremiah Beeman? Jason, you've got some stuff on Beeman. And um, Dukes, you've been rolling with the K.J. Bolden recruitment kind of the whole way. You've been ahead of been ahead of everybody there. Um, I did not see him there on Saturday. That doesn't mean he wasn't there because um, there were about 300 people there on the sideline. But I don't think he made it in. Same goes for Zaquan Patterson. Dukes, your kind of quick thoughts on Auburn's chances with those two elite safeties, um, and then Jason on Jeremiah Beeman. Yeah, with uh, Patterson, uh, I don't think it's as uh, – you'll see. I think uh, Patterson is kind of contingent upon um, what happens in the room. Um, I think uh, as far as is there – if there's any, um, I guess, change as far as anybody jumping in the portal or and also, <laughs> uh, you know, what happens with Keontae Scott – uh, does he go to the league? Does he come back? Uh, you got uh, Simpson, I think, has to go to the NFL now. Uh, but Simpson, he, and I think Puck is out of uh, eligibility. And then you got DK to figure out what he wants to do. So um, right now, I think KJ is an automatic take if he wants to come. I mean, anybody in the country would take KJ Boulder. Um, some people on Twitter may have seen I was hanging out with his dad the other night, which was not related to recruiting at all, but uh, we did, you know, talk about Auburn, and he, he basically said he was like, dog, it's KJ's decision. And um, he did not go to Auburn because he don't like Auburn. Uh, he didn't go because he was crushed about losing the game that night before. He didn't even want to talk to anybody. Uh, Buford lost a tough game to uh, Grayson, Grayson. Yep. which is a huge rivalry out here. And um, yeah, KJ felt like there was a, a little bit of meat left on the bone as far as what they should have done and could have done. And uh, he didn't really – he said, man, KJ really ain't talked to nobody for almost a day and a half. So, uh, yeah, I, he wasn't there. But, you know, that was kind of the reason that he wasn't there. 
And I wouldn't be, uh, you know, the rest of it will be in Duke Scoops. I'd say that. Okay. There you go. Jason, yeah. you got a chance to talk with Beeman, and we're going to go and probably see him play on Friday night as well. Yeah. Um, I I think Auburn's right there. I really do. Um, I think this is one that probably in the next couple of weeks that we will know whether or not it's – it's, and I think it's Auburn-Alabama. Um, you know, Alabama obviously been committed for a long time. Auburn's made a serious push and, and have said, hey, look, you're our guy. And the thoughts of adding Jeremiah Beeman to what they've already got and, and what they're bringing back is really intriguing because if you, you bring in Jeremiah Beeman, then you can do what I think is, is inevitable and you can do it quicker, which is move Keltrick Falk to, to the three technique. You can move him to, to straight up defensive tackle way 285 290 and be a lean this pass rush guy it gives you a lot more push inside you play jeremiah beeman as a true defensive end at 265 and gives you that guy opposite your jack linebacker and you know if you think about getting Jalen mcleod returning which i think will happen to go along with the guys that you've got committed in this class and, and joseph phillips and and obviously jamata waller you start thinking about the difference in ability to get after the quarterback. And that's why Beeman has been a guy since these guys got here. They've said, look, hey, you're, you're one of our guys. And they've made him a priority since then. I think it's it's still there. Um, see if Auburn can get over the finish line. But I, I think they got a shot. Yeah, you uh, you just touched on it a little bit. But Mark had the question, is next year's Jack linebacker on the current roster? Yes, I think Jalen McLeod will be back. Um, Elijah McAllister is out of eligibility. Steven Sings, I think, has another year, just a depth guy, and then you're bringing in um, Waller and Joe Phillips. Maybe you bring in another transfer, experienced transfer, to you know, kind of play above those guys a little bit, but you feel pretty good about that room uh, moving forward. I missed the question to actually put it up, but someone was asking about LJ McRae. Um, obviously, Florida had some changes on their staff, including their defensive line coach. Um, sticking with the defensive line, top defensive line target, the five-star from mainland Florida that committed to Florida last month. Um, you know, Auburn is still pushing. You would think that that staff change helps Auburn and the other schools like Florida State that are in yeah. pursuit at least a little bit, but it feels like Beeman as of right now is the more feasible target, I yeah, guess I would say. I, yeah, I would say Florida State is probably a school that, that – would would maybe benefit more from this one in in my thoughts on LJ McCray. I, I do think I think being more more realistic chances for him in my opinion. Question from Sean Jalewis Solomon sticking with South Carolina. He did not end up making it to the Iron Bowl. You know there was a little bit of buzz there for a little bit, kind of has died back down. I don't want to completely rule anything out because of how we've already seen this recruitment play out, but it does not seem like things are trending positively for Auburn there. Question from Layton. Um, is the Zach Etheridge to Florida just hot board talk like it was with Georgia last year? Apparently, Zach Etheridge's name has popped up on uh, some Florida hot boards as they are looking for a new secondary coach after replacing Corey Raymond. Personally, without talking to anybody about this, no intel based, I would find it hard to believe that he would make a lateral move to a Florida program um, that is struggling right now. But he does have prior experience with Billy Napier, I believe, from his time at Louisiana. So maybe, but I'd be curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think um, for one portion of, of that whole decision-making process will probably be the, would he have the whole secondary um, at Florida and if what happens with the secondary position, does he get split back to safeties and corners at Auburn? So I think if anything, that's one thing that um, I don't have. I, it ain't like I just talked to him about it, but. Um, just from some people around, some mutual friends that we have, like that's something that could be intriguing for people who kind of are around him. I'm not saying that's what he said. I'm not saying anything else, but uh, I think un- knowing how Auburn staff is going to shake out is going to have some type of impact if somebody wants to come in and say, I could see that happening where if he was relegated to safeties at Auburn and, uh, and McGriff came back or somebody else had corners, and Florida offers him a little more money and the whole sec and the autonomy and the whole back end of the secondary, then I could see it happening. But that would be the only way I could see it. Jason, I'm going to throw you this question from Mark. Um, what's the take on the future growth opportunity for uh, Darren Lee? I think he means DJ Reed um, and Wilkie Denod. You know, we saw Aniche Sledge and Steven Johnson enter the portal um, Monday and Tuesday, two reserve linemen. One a freshman, one a redshirt freshman who uh, I don't think Steven Johnson played any snaps. And yeah. I think Aniche Sledge combined for like 11 snaps over the past two years, if I remember yeah. correctly from Nathan's mm-hmm. story. Um, and then these are two of you know Auburn's more highly ranked recruits in the 2023 class, neither of which saw the field, both of which ended up dealing with um, some off the field issues at different times throughout this season. But I think there is positive hope around Auburn for the future of these guys. Yeah, I think, you know, it felt like probably Darren Reed was the guy that had a chance to play the earliest, but wasn't able to get in for the spring. And so that 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 set him back, you know, some, because that's just such a valuable thing. We saw the difference in, in it for Kelsey Falk this year, being able to go through spring and being able to do those things. I think both these guys, again, we mentioned a guy like Holden Gurner. I, I think there's a lot of these young guys that this next, you know, three or four week period is going to be really valuable for to kind of see, okay, where are you now? And it's hard. It's really hard when you're on the scout team 
and and you don't get those reps, you feel like I've just kind of wasted a year. Um, and so this bowl practice time is going to be really good for them and the coaches to go, okay, where are we? Where are you now that you've had a year of strength and conditioning? Even during the season, it's not like these guys don't do those things. And so where are you and what do we need to get to between now and the spring? And so um, – but they both look good. Wilkie Denod looks every bit of it. And we, we, we're talking about a guy like, you know, Jeremiah Beamer. Wilkie Denod's a guy that could, could slide into that role too. It probably, he's probably 280 or so right now. It looks good. Darren Reed's, you know, big kid too. So it's a couple of guys that give you a chance to jump in and, and see how much of an impact they can make, um, you know, between now and, and really in the spring. Here is – someone that we surprisingly have not talked about yet, and we can probably wrap it up um, going in-depth on this one a little bit. Here you go. Ryan Williams up, update. What's the latest on Ryan Williams? Someone says, Ryan Williams is sticking with Bama. Be hopeful for Cam and holding on to Perry. That one I would disagree with. And then Kevin Barnes, is there enough wide receiver room for taking both Cam Coleman and Ryan Williams? So we'll get to the Ryan Williams segment of the show. The five-star Alabama wide receiver commit out of Sarah Land. He is currently committed to Alabama, has been so for a little over a year now. He's in the 2025 class, but we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about, talked about it on the board as well countless times. Um, we even talked about it with him on Saturday, that he is considering reclassifying, as in moving up to the 2024 cycle, um, graduating high school a year early, and he would enroll at you know his program of choice next summer. Um, if he's able to do that, he plans to have an announcement sometime in December. So within the next month or so, you'll be able to look out for that. And then the month of January would become the Ryan Williams sweepstakes because yeah. he would be able to take official visits. He said that Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, where his quarterback teammate, KJ Lacey, who's on the screen, is committed, and USC are kind of the main five. It's really the in-state schools, Auburn and Alabama, battling it out. Um Jason, I'll start with you, and then Dukes, I'll get your take as well. He's obviously committed to Alabama. Auburn has made a huge push here. Um, my take, my quick take would be to disagree with Chris's comment that Ryan Williams, not to disagree completely with that he's sticking with Bama, but to completely write it off would be wrong. Yeah. Um, and I do not think you should be writing this one off in the slightest. Yeah, uh, we can answer the last question first really easily. Auburn absolutely would have room for Cam Coleman and Ryan Williams both. There's yes. No, there's no question about that one. That is 100%. If both those guys said we're coming, they would both be on the, in, on, on the dotted line, absolutely. Um, no, I agree. I mean, we've talked to Ryan Williams a bunch, and he's never backed away from giving us his thoughts on Auburn. And he is intrigued by Auburn and Hugh Freeze and Marcus Davis. And I think – being able to show some signs of life in the passing game down the stretch was a big deal. But you also saw, look, hey, there's things that they left on the table because they don't have guys like this. Of course, not many people have guys like this. So I think Auburn's in there. And, well, I think we've talked about this the last couple of times. I thought if it moved up, it probably hurt Auburn's chances. And now I'm exactly the opposite. I think Auburn gets helped if he moves in the 2024 class because he's really close with Cam Coleman. He's really close with Perry Thompson and Bryce Kane and those guys. I think that would help Auburn's chances, and and I feel like it's probably going to happen. I, I think we'll probably get that announcement sooner or later that he's going to move up to 2024. And you're right, then January becomes a wild, 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 wild time. Yeah. 
Dukes, your thoughts on Ryan Williams and Auburn's chances there? Um, I think uh, when you have these type of players that come out, and this, I know it's a word that we throw around all the time in recruiting, and we 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 misuse it and abuse it, but generational. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people that can move like Ryan Williams with a ball in his hands. I mean, it's just he's absolutely electric. I don't, I think, and when you get guys like that that come through their home state, you can never count out Auburn as far as what they are, how much they value a guy like that. And so to piggyback on what Jason said about room for he and uh, Cam Coleman, I mean, depending on who you ask, he could come out in the 20, he could come out in this class and legit be the highest ranked receiver. It could happen depending on who says what. And I think his grade is a 98. By the time they do this again, and I, I think there's another spring update, is there? Or the final rankings update? For or, the 2024. Yeah, I think they finalize it after that February signing day. Right. He could end up being the highest rated receiver in a 24 class. Uh, he still got, what, a state championship game to play maybe next week or the week after? So they'll play Pike Road in the semifinals this Friday, and then if they win, they'll play the winner of Clay Chalkville and Parker. Yeah, so he still got two more games worth the film to put up. Um, yeah, I, I I just think that uh, for a, a talent like this, you will absolutely see Auburn push to the end. Do I think it's beyond the realm of reality? Absolutely not. I mean, he is a legacy um, it was, uh, is that had, had you know he understands Auburn in a way that most of these five stars that they're recruiting wouldn't, and I think Auburn has a real shot. Uh, his closest relationship, from what I hear, at uh, Alabama's with uh, not the position coach but Javarius Robinson. Now, uh, I did hear that he was intrigued about trying to figure out who would actually be the quarterback next year because he plans on playing. Uh, day one. So um, I think that if he were to come out in February, let's say, and don't quote me here, and I'm not saying this would happen, but let's say Auburn does go after one of the premier quarterbacks and lands him. Does that change how Ryan Williams feels about Auburn's chances to throw the ball next year? Uh, And not to say that he doesn't like Peyton Thorne. I'm not saying that at all. But for a guy like Ryan Williams to think that I'm probably one of the best players, high school players ever in the state of Alabama. I mean, he kind of would have that type of mentality. Like I want a guy that I'm 1000% sure can get me the ball. And I think depending on what Auburn does in the transfer portal, I'm not saying that he wouldn't commit with Peyton Thorne, but I think going to get one of those marquee quarterbacks that could be in a portal and that are, there are a few more looking at the Porter Riley Leonard definitely being one of them. I think some guys could move the needle in that recruitment, and I think that Ryan Williams is 1,000% on the board, and I have been saying this for weeks that um, I have been hearing that he was definitely reclassing, so I think that announcement will come. Like, what was it like? A re-announcement announcement or something? <laughs> Reclassification announcement. We'll just go with that. I don't know yeah, how you would want yeah. to coin it. Yep. So, yeah, I think that'll be um, – I think it's supposed to be coming up in the next couple of weeks, right? After the game, I would imagine after his state title game, um, you know, assuming they make it, I would assume he'll get through his junior slash senior season and then make something official one way or the other. Then I think that's oh, for sure. 
Um, we'll hit a couple more questions real quick. Here's one from Tumors on that topic. Is Ryan, I'm assuming Ryan Jr., um, his dad is also named Ryan Williams. Is Ryan an Auburn fan? Uh, I can't speak on the kid's behalf. What I can tell you is talked with Ryan Sr. a little bit before the game, and he's absolutely still an Auburn guy, even though he he ended up transferring out um, after a couple of years within the program. But but then the other key thing is, you know, I put this up on the board, he's letting his son go through his own recruitment as well. Um, and that's that's the key there. So um, we'll hit – where did this question go? From Mark. There it is again. Uh, what's been the opinion of how the O-line transfer from Northwestern looks, potential to start next season? That is Dylan Senda who arrived – <clears throat> right at the very beginning of fall camp, Jason. Yeah, um, and I think this is a guy that Auburn does like as a, a guy that could at least be in the two deep next year in terms of maybe being a rotational guy, maybe a starter. Yeah. I don't, I don't think starter yet. I mean, this is a guy that was a true freshman last year, you know, so he just yeah. jumped from boom to boom. And so um, now, you know, and again, I just, I just talked about how difficult it is. It's really difficult when you're not in the rotation to develop and to, to get those things. So, I don't. I don't think he'll be a guy that will starter to be challenging for a starting role. Because here, here's the reason why. Think about Auburn's offensive line right now, and you think about okay, Connor Lou, Connor Lou, already sliding in there at center position. Jeremiah Wright had probably the best game he's had at Auburn against Alabama the other day. I thought he played really well, and and is just now kind of figuring it out. I mean, he's had injuries. He's kind of rotated back and forth. Jeremiah Wright's a guy that that now has a chance to go jump out there and really grab one. The other guard position is is intriguing because I think Auburn would really love to sign a tackle to come in and, and slide in at left tackle to move Dylan Wade inside the guard. I think that's the ideal spot because that's his NFL position. That's He's not going to be a starter in the NFL at 6'3", at tackle, but he is an NFL guard. Slide him inside the guard. They feel really good about too tall, Isaiah Miller at right tackle. you got Tyler Johnson out there. Muskie. Yeah, and you got yep, you got um, Jaden Muskrat, who's a guy that can play tackle, probably better suited at guard, just like Dylan Wade is. You got a lot of pieces in place for this offensive line. If you can find that that you know true tackle, and that leads us a little bit, Christian, some, some news you had, you might find that guy at the junior college ranks, um, and and they're looking for because that left tackle guy is a different athlete. You got to be physical and, and athletic and be able to move and. Auburn's offered a guy that could fit that role if they're able to get him. A couple of guys, really. Yeah, Seth Wilfred um, from Snow College. Um, offensive line coach Jake Thornton is set to go out and watch him play. I believe his game is this Sunday um, in Iowa. So Jake Thornton's going to go and see him play this weekend. Um, and then Seth confirmed that he's going to take his official visit to Auburn this upcoming two weekends from now, December 8th through the 10th, I believe it is. Um, this is a guy that Auburn likes quite a bit four years to play three out of the Juco ranks. Jason, we were trying to figure out his story a little bit because he looks really good. He has really good size. Um, and he came from Bishop Gorman High School, a powerhouse in um, Nevada. And you know, figuring it out a little bit more, he moved from Nebraska to Bishop Gorman. Um, and that's such a loaded high school that he kind of just got buried there a little bit and didn't really have a chance to put much tape out, um, ended up at Snow College and very quickly became a top target for a lot of schools. Um, including Auburn, and then the transfers as well. You know, had the news up as well that Auburn offered Jaquan Scott, um, the former Southern Miss offensive lineman. He's a guard pretty much all the way, um, originally from Davidson High School, and he confirmed with me that he plans to visit next weekend as well, um, December 8th through the 10th. And then Auburn also offered Easton Kilty, 
um, from North Dakota. Don't know if he is going to visit or not, um, but that is another transfer to track. We'll hit this last question here from Kevin real quick. Um, how impressed are you with the freshman players who made an impact this season? He lists Keldrick Falk, Kay and Lee. Jeremiah Cobb should be in that mix as well. Connor Liu should be in that mix as well. Um, and then could there be similar production out of incoming freshmen as in the 2024 class? I think absolutely there is. Um, I think there's a lot of guys in the 2024 class that could have that impact. I think at wide receiver, every single guy that Auburn has committed and the two guys that Auburn is still after in Cam Coleman and Ryan Williams, I think all five of those guys, if you got all five or if you just stuck with the three that you have now, I think all of those guys can be an impact. I think Jamonte Waller and Joe Phillips are impact guys, a Jack linebacker. I think TJ Lindsay has a chance to compete and be an impact guy along the defensive line. Demarcus Riddick and DJ Barber will rotate in at linebacker, I would imagine. And Laquan Robinson, absolutely, the Juco safety. Probably all of those DBs will at least have a chance because, you know, Dukes, we were talking about it earlier in the show. You might be overhauling almost your entire secondary um, going into next season. So whether, whether these freshmen are ready or not, some of these 2024 guys, they're probably going to have to at least compete for those spots. So um, one last question from the chat, Deandre Carter, still solid offensive lineman from modern day, California. He visited this weekend. Yes. Still solid. He made his quote unquote final decision a couple weeks ago um, and chose to stick with Auburn instead of Texas. Guys, we'll wrap it up there a little over 40 minutes. Um, any final thoughts from Dukes, Jason, anything that we missed? Um, there's a lot that we missed, but there's no way we could go through every single name and every notable visitor that was here this weekend. Yeah, I think the only thing is um, Auburn is really putting a lot of effort into the 2025 class already, and it's really something to behold, especially when uh, – how many times did we write about guys last year and say that Auburn came in late? They got a late start. Uh, they were fighting an uphill battle. So, and I think that's something that uh, if I were to say one thing that I really think that Hugh Freeze and this new staff is doing well is getting a hold of the 25 class, uh, getting commitments, and starting to making plans earlier for guys that you feel like may be those type of kids to ride it out the, the, the whole way. And I think, you know, uh, Alvin Henderson being on the horizon may affect your recruiting on the 10 to 24 class, just to be honest. So uh, if you know he's coming, do you like it allows you to be a little more selective in a 24 class and not just take a body, especially with what you already have with what you already have. So uh, if, if I were to say anything, just kudos to the staff uh, on getting an earlier start in the 25 class. I agree. I think the it's just been work. It really has to see them doing the things they've they've done, getting guys on campus, building the inroads, and uh, we saw it at the end of the end of the cycle last year. In just really just a month's time, Keldrick Falk, Kay and Lee, Connor Lee, three guys they were able to flip from power programs. All three of those guys started games and, and played a significant role as true freshmen. We saw it in the summer. We we saw Perry Thompson. We've seen you know, you know, um, Demarcus Riddick's a guy that was right there, um, committed to Georgia. You know, Joseph Phillips. Everybody thought was headed to Georgia. They're able to get those guys. Now you got an opportunity to to, to grab maybe a couple more of those guys here late and do it. Um, 
I wouldn't bet against him. Um, you mentioned Hugh Freeze and, and this staff, relentless is the word. And I think kids saw where they are and what's needed to get to the next level because it's it's about that. And, and I, I talked to, to David Ross on the sidelines Saturday, you know, former Auburn player, Cubs manager. And, and I've, I've kind of talked about it for years, and he started laughing when I said it. I was like, like having great players doesn't guarantee that you're going to be great, as we saw with Texas A&M. But not having them makes it impossible to be great. You can do all the things you want to. You can be the greatest coach in the world. If you don't have great players and you don't have a bunch of them, it's hard to compete because Nick Saban – Won a national championship at LSU, went to Alabama, went six and seven, lost to Louisiana Monroe. Same coach, same guy, same hard nose, tactician, all those things. You have the same players. That's it. And uh, Hugh Freeze realized that. This staff realized that to get to where you want to go, you got to have dudes, and and they're they're trying to get them. Yes, they are. And we have all of that coverage over at AuburnUndercover.com. Guys, if you're watching this right now, really appreciate y'all tuning in. And if you're not a member of AuburnUndercover.com, you have a little under two hours. Um, if you're watching this live to be able to join us for our best deal of the year, um, Cyber Monday, Black Friday kind of special, 75% off an annual sub, less than $27 for a year's worth of content. And to be able to join our message board, get access to the Duke scoops that's going to be posted tonight, get access to all of our sign-in day coverage that we'll have, all of that stuff. I think it's like seven cents a day. I mean, you should be able to should be able to find that if you're not a member. I would definitely recommend joining us for the next month at least alone. Um, so really appreciate everyone that was tuning in and that watched us here. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube, definitely make sure to do that. That's totally free. That doesn't cost you anything. And we're pumping out a ton of content over here. We'll be back probably next Tuesday as well for another another live show. By that point, we'll have probably a lot of Transfer Portal stuff to talk about, which should be entertaining, um, more so than we even had today. So appreciate everyone tuning in again. Um, if you're listening to this later on, appreciate y'all listening, and hopefully we'll catch you in the live stream next week. We'll see you guys soon.